Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Oh, hey, hey, we are live. There we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to this live stream. This live stream is an emergency episode that is necessary because it is not every day that we experience one of the biggest bombshell stories that I can ever remember. Certainly one of the biggest bombshell stories in the past couple of years relating to, of course, COVID-19. I'm talking about the Project Veritas video that dropped last night. It has been viewed at least on Twitter nearly 10 million times already. So I want to talk about that with you. I want to give everybody a chance to join. Um, this is the first time that we've gone live on Rumble. This is pretty cool. Pretty cool. Sometimes we go live on other platforms, but you know, big tech, they like to censor. So this is not a topic that we can talk about anywhere else. And um, so yeah, it's good to see you guys over here. For all the other people who've joined from Instagram, from Twitter, from YouTube, welcome. Welcome to freedom. Welcome to the uncensored version of reality. Um, oh my goodness, look at all the people joining us. This is good to see you all. Good to see you all. I, I always think shows are fun, but going live is extra fun because it feels like we're sitting here talking to each other, which we are. So I'm going to give everyone just a chance, another minute to to log on and get situated, and then we will dive into this. I assume by now you've seen, well, I would say headlines, but there really aren't too many headlines about the Project Veritas video. In fact, if you do a Google search for Project Veritas and Pfizer, that's the topic of the video, um, Google returns a page that says, well, there's a lot of fluctuation, that's a lot of changes that are happening to the results, the search results right now. It's their way of pretending that their wires are crossed, that things are scrambled in their search engine, but we know that's not the case. Of course it's not. It is just their way of trying to hide, bury this, this story. I think this story is a little bit too big to be buried, and here's why. People across the country already either know, half of the country knows the truth about the COVID-19 vaccine, and the other half of the country, which for so long had their heads buried in the sand, about the vaccine, wanting, maybe they supported mandates, maybe they didn't support the mandates per se, but they really wanted everyone to get it. They believed that it prevented transmission and prevented you from contracting the COVID-19 virus. But recently, people are, um, oh, Matt, did you see the chat? I'm gonna interrupt myself for a second here. Um, someone says, fix your devices. The disconnect sound keeps playing on your, on your um, audio. Is everyone hearing that? Can everyone hear? Oh, okay. It has been fixed. Thank you for the heads up on that. Appreciate that. Lily, good morning. Glad you're reporting on this story, she says. Um, and thank you, Angry Hunting Trucker Media. That's a good username right there for the, the tip about the audio here. Um, but truthfully, half of the country, even the half of the country that got the vax and advocated for the vax, maybe even supported the mandates, a lot of those people are starting to realize that you know, we're up to six, seven, eight boosters at this point, or eight shots total with all the boosters once you stack them and combine them. There's a lot of side effects that are happening. It's not, it's not effective, for one thing. You still get it, even if you're vaccinated. In fact, according to the New York City Public Health Department, the latest subvariant strain of Omicron 
you are more likely to contract if you have already been vaccinated. So uh, think about that how you will. People, people are ready for this information. They are conditioned to listen to the truth and to see the truth. And especially when it's a video like the one from Project Veritas, um, it's striking. It's striking. So we're just about ready to launch into it here. I want to give everyone else. Uh, Chad says, you sound awesome on Rumble. Thank you. Thank you. I, I call that the sound of freedom, the sound of, of free speech, not no censorship, no, none of the trigger warnings that I have to give all the time. You know how when, when I'm doing an episode and I'm about to say something about transgenderism or about the COVID vaccine or about masks or about election integrity, I always have to do that disclaimer, that caveat first. Like, oh, if you're on YouTube, you know, you're going to have to blank out for a minute because we're going to have to censor this, but you can head on over to Rumble. Today, none of that. None of that. Just, just free speech. Just the reality here. Okay. So let's talk about this video. Like I said, on Twitter alone, it's racked up nearly 10 million views in the space of just over 12 hours. I think it's probably 14 and a half hours to be precise now. In this video, a Project Veritas journalist, one of James O'Keefe's <laughs> uh, merry men, goes on, goes out to drinks, out to dinner with a Pfizer employee by the name of Jordan Tristan Walker. Jordan Walker. Jordan Walker's job title is the Pfizer Director of Research and Development, Strategic Operations, and mRNA Scientific Planning. This is not a low-level employee, the point of sharing that job title. In fact, Jordan Walker, Pfizer has essentially, or Jordan himself, probably both, has scrubbed much of his presence online off the web. They don't want information about Jordan Walker to exist because Jordan Walker is not is not a low-level employee. He's not an intern that can be dismissed. He's not an entry-level worker that doesn't have access to proprietary information. This guy this guy is is really part of their operation. In fact, Jordan's supervisor reports to a man who direct reports to Albert Borla, who is the CEO of Pfizer. In a global corporation the size of Pfizer, that's pretty high up in the food chain. That means he is a pretty influential person who has access not only to information, but is an active part of the decision-making process, the operational process. That is why his title is Director of Research and Development, Strategic Operations, and mRNA Scientific Planning. And this is what he revealed to the Project Veritas journalist. Take a look at this. As the nation gears up for another election season, tune to the first TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at 7. Unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at 8. Then a bold, unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at 9. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on the first TV. Watch the first on DirecTV Channel 347, Uverse Channel 1220, or DirecTV Stream. Pfizer ultimately is thinking about mutating COVID? Well, that is not what we say to the public. No, don't tell anyone what's going on. You gotta probably show tell You gotta probably show tell anyone. We're exploring, like, no, you know how the virus keeps mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is, like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can preemptively develop new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're gonna do that, though, there's a risk of, like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating viruses. Be, like, very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something like, you know, it goes everywhere. Something crazy. It's the way that the virus started in Wuhan. To be honest, like, it's, it makes no sense that this virus popped out of nowhere. Like, yeah, I know. Meet Jordan Tristan Walker, 
a director of research and development strategic operations and mRNA scientific planning at Pfizer. It sounds like gain of function to me. I don't know, it's a little bit different. I think it's different. It's like this. It's definitely not gain of function. It sounds like it is. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. The direction of evolution is very different. Yeah. Well, you're not supposed to do gain of function research with the viruses. Like, yeah. They recommend not. But you do like these like selected directional mutations to try to see if you can make more potent. Yeah. So there, there is research I'm going about that. I don't know how that's going to work. There not be any more outbreaks. Just like Jesus Christ. The gentleman seems to have absolutely no moral compass at all. For all government officials, it's pretty good for the industry, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad for everyone else in America. Why is it bad for everybody else? Because if the regulators who have to approve our drugs know that once they stop being a regulator, they want to come work for the company, then I got to be as hard for the company. You know, if this is the quality of individuals within Pfizer that are making these huge decisions that a risk global public health. It's profoundly corrupt. What is Pfizer doing, I guess, to optimize, you know, the vaccines now? Oh, we actually have a meeting about that today, so there's a lot. Really? They're doing, uh, I don't know if I should say this. <laughs> <laughs> Our undercover journalist asked Walker how Pfizer is handling the fact that their COVID vaccines are ineffective against virus variants. What he said is disturbing. Listen to this. We're exploring like now, you know how the virus keeps mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can create undefeatably developed new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating viruses yeah so okay like do we want to do this so that's like one of the things we're considering okay so like the future like maybe we can like create new versions of the vaccines and things like that okay so pfizer ultimately is thinking about mutating COVID. well that is not what we say to the public no that's why it was, like, <laughs> it was a thought that came up in a meeting and we were like why why do we not it was like we're going to consider that with more discussions okay that exact reaction right we're like wait a minute like that's right. It appears that Pfizer is internally discussing the possibility of mutating the COVID virus themselves in order to tailor a vaccine to sell to the public. Listen to Walker describe in detail just how they would conduct such a scientific experiment. First, in living animals. So the way that we're thinking about it, don't tell anyone this You gotta publish your own You gotta publish your own okay? <laughs> <I got> you. <laughs> okay, right. So um, the way it would work is like, we put them in the virus in these monkeys. Okay. And then we successively like cause them to keep infecting each other. And we collect serial samples from them. And then the ones that are more infectious, like the virus, we'll put them in another monkey. And you just constantly actively mutate it. That's one way. Okay. Or you can even do like directed like simulation, which like we tend not to prefer. And you just sample what the different like um, like uh, proteins on the surface of the virus look like over time. Okay. So then you can see the mutation. Then you can kind of force it to mutate in a certain way you want. Okay. But you have to be like very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something that, like you know goes everywhere. Something Which crazy. Is the way that the virus started and moved on. To be honest, like it's, it makes no sense if this virus popped out of nowhere. Like. Yeah, I know. COVID virus experimentation on live monkeys. This is unethical, to say the least, and Walker describes those experiments as if they are ongoing and not simply a hypothetical discussion. So, I mean, when is Pfizer going to implement the mutation of all these viruses? 
I don't know, it depends on how the experiments work out. Because this is just like something we're buying, right? It sounds like gain of function to me. I don't know, it's a little bit different. I think it's different. It's like there's it's definitely not gain of function. It sounds like it is, I mean it's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. directed evolution is very different. <laughs> Direct evolution. Directed evolution. Directed evolution. Okay. <laughs> well, so I mean, is that what it is? Maybe I. I don't know. Well, you're not supposed to do gain function research with the viruses, like yeah, they recommend not. But you do like these like selected directional mutations to try to see if you make more potent. Yeah. So there, there is research I'm learning about that. I don't know how that's gonna work. There not be any more outbreaks. Just like Jesus Christ. So, um, tell me more, like. What's developing with the whole, you know, virus mutation process? Well, they're still kind of conducting the experiments on it, but uh, it seems like from what I've heard they're kind of optimizing it, but they're going slow because everyone's very cautious. Like, you know, right. obviously don't want to kind of accelerate it too much. Yeah. Um, but I think they're also just trying to do it as an exploratory thing because you obviously don't want to advertise that you're trying to figure out future mutation. Okay, so did that, did the whole virus mutation thing like come from your executive, Sarah? No, 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 that came from, like, we have, like, chief scientific officers in, like, the other divisions. In a subsequent meeting, our undercover journalist asked if this type of gain-of-function research is already being studied at Pfizer. But no, as long as it's called directed evolution, Pfizer's in the clear. What, what's the goal for, for so Pfizer do of doing that? So probably what they want to do is, like, to try to figure out, to some extent, try to figure out, like, you know, there's all these new strains of variants that just pop up. Why don't we try to like catch them before they pop up in nature and we can develop a vaccine prophylactically for like new variants. Yeah. So that's why they're thinking like if you do it control in the lab, then you say, oh, this is a new epitope. And so then if they comes out later on, like in the public, we already have a vaccine kind of working on it. Oh my God. That's perfect. Mm -hmm. Like, isn't that the, like the best business model though? Like just control nature before nature even happens itself, right? Yeah, yeah. If it works. <laughs> what do you mean if it works? Because like some of the times there were just mutations that pop up, right? And they were not prepared for it, like with Delta or Omicron. Right. And things like that. So who knows? I mean, either way, it's gonna be a cash cow. COVID will probably be a cash cow for us for a while going forward. Like, yeah. I obviously like <laughs> Well I think the whole you know I think the whole like research of the viruses and mutating it, like would be the ultimate, like, cash cow. Yeah, it would be perfect. Now, you would think that creating viruses to sell the vaccine would be illegal, but no. The pharmaceutical industry, as Walker puts it, is, quote, a revolving door for all government officials, unquote. Okay. A revolving door for all government officials? Wow. Yeah, for any industry, though. So, like, in the pharma industry, all the government uh, officials who, like, you know, review our drugs, especially yeah. they come work for pharma companies. Like, the military, like, all the, like, army and defense, like, government officials eventually go work for the defense company afterwards. Yeah. How do you feel about that revolving door? Like, it's pretty good for the industry, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's bad for everyone else in America. Why is it bad for everybody else? Because if the Regulators who have to approve our drugs know that once they stop being regulated, they want to go work for the company. They're not going to be as hard for the company. They're doing their job. Right. We talked to Dr. Robert Malone, physician, scientist, and author, to get his take on the comments made by Jordan Walker. You're gaining function. You're creating a new function in virus one by adding elements from virus two, infecting one monkey and then another monkey. That's called serial passage. That appears to have been one of the technologies deployed 
in the Wuhan Institute of Virology with the humanized mouse strains uh, that I believe were obtained from uh, EcoHealth Alliance. That's an example of directed evolution. The gentleman seems to have absolutely no moral compass at all about what he's doing. The hubris and arrogance and immaturity. If this is the quality of individuals within Pfizer that are making these huge decisions that uh, risk global public health with such a casual disregard for the human toll, it's profoundly corrupt in terms of would it be feasible for Pfizer to circumvent international or national law, I think that is undeniable. And the gentleman in your investigative work has clearly indicated that Pfizer believes that it has successfully captured the regulatory apparatus of the United States government and presumably worldwide. Pfizer has completed regulatory capture, is quite proud of it, with governments turning a blind eye and Pfizer hiding information from the public, this is an ongoing story. Be brave, do something, spread these videos, and stay tuned. America is on trial. Join me, Josh Hammer, as we examine the presidential election through the only lens that truly matters, the legal proceedings of Donald Trump and the Biden crime family. This new daily podcast examines breaking news and analyzes the biggest questions facing the country. Can the former president, Donald Trump, get a fair trial? Can Trump be disqualified from the ballot? Can Joe Biden pardon his son, Hunter? Can Trump even pardon himself? We cover all the action every morning. Listen to America on Trial, wherever you download your favorite podcasts. I've probably watched that two or three different times now in its entirety, and Yes, I agree with what a lot of you are saying. It's not surprising. We all predicted this. But it, I, I still think that makes it no less shocking. This level of corruption. I want to read a couple of you guys' comments because they're good ones. Angry Hunting Trucker Media says, these people are bursting at the seams to tell their secrets. Well, they say confession is good for the soul, right? It is strange, isn't it? How, how a lot of these people, and this is actually not just true of Pfizer. This is true of people that work for campaigns, people that work for corporations, people that are in politics, even people in the military, people that know secrets. I don't know if this is a lost art or if this is just part of human nature, if this is people people trying to impress each other and look cool in each other's eyes by divulging information like, hey, I have the power to know this. I have access to this. You want to know something that I know. But they are always so eager to divulge the things that they know they're not supposed to divulge, which I don't know, maybe there's a commentary or a message in that for all of us. Um, Tooth Beaver, this comment made me laugh. I saw this comment come in while the video was while the video was playing and it made me laugh, so I'm gonna read it. Tooth Beaver says, smash that like button and don't forget to subscribe or Ukraine will lose this war. Hey now, hey now, I promise you, sitting right here, I promise you I will never say the word smash that like button. It makes me cringe when influencers or personalities or whoever say that. I promise I will never say that. However, I will ask you to hit that green button, that like, that subscribe button, subscribe to this channel, or obviously Ukraine will lose the war. So your choice, really, however you want that to, however you want that to go down. Um, I'm seeing a lot of comments from people. Jolly Green says, absolutely nothing will be done. Um, G. Ant Costa says, scary, but not at all surprising. I predicted this. That's a common, a common thought. I feel the same way. I have a couple of thoughts about this. I want to kind of go through each of the revelations that happened in this video and talk about what we perhaps can do because we're not we're not helpless 
It's not something that we can maybe change overnight, but there are things we can do. So let's talk about some of these things that we learned that Pfizer is doing. First of all, Pfizer is exploring mutating COVID to make it more potent. Um, that's, that is the definition of gain of function. Now, gain of function is what we, what we saw EcoHealth Alliance fund at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, but they're, they're hiding behind a legal technicality, right? Gain of function means that you have the DNA of a virus in a Petri dish and you operationally uh, piece together different pieces of DNA in order to add something to an existing piece of DNA to juice it up, to make it more potent. That's the technical definition of gain of function. There are laws against that in the United States, international laws against creating bioweapons. That's what a bioweapon is, juicing up an already existing virus. There are international treaties against this as well. I find this to be just a technicality. They, they don't respect this law. They're not trying to operate under the spirit of the law. They are, they're trying to dodge it with a technicality um, with monkeys. They're giving monkeys the virus, finding the mutations of the virus in the sickest monkeys, and then taking that mutated version of it and infecting more monkeys. And they're just, they're, I mean, directed evolution actually is the, the proper term for it. I don't see how in a congressional investigation, how this is allowed. I don't see how under the laws that we have that prohibit gain of function, how this, is, this, this circumvention qualifies. This is, this is a really big deal because COVID-19 can be a cold. I had Omicron and it was barely a cold. I had like a runny nose for a couple of days. A couple of months before I had Omicron, this is about a year and a half ago, I had Delta and it was nasty. It was nasty. It was like a bad flu and I was sick for about two weeks. And I coughed for I don't know how long. Like it's it's nasty. It's not it's not what the left portrays it to be. It's not going to kill everyone who gets it. Most people, ninety nine point nine percent people, recover from it and are fine. But it is not. It's not something. It's not always something that's nothing. And so when they talk about juicing it up, well, juicing it up makes it even more serious. That's a that's a big deal, especially if that's how this all happened to begin with. If this happened because the virus was being tampered with in the Wuhan Institute of Virology and it was unintentionally leaked maybe because of a lab accident, why, why, why would we be any different? Why would Pfizer be any different? Why couldn't that happen here? And why do we want to start another worldwide global outbreak of a virus that's been tampered with? I don't think so. And a pharma company who seeks to profit on this, and I, I'm glad he said the word cash cow because that's a perfect example of what they're doing. They're juicing up a virus and then also they're creating the problem and the cure. That's so evil, so evil. I felt like his admission the, the Pfizer employee, Jordan Walker's admission that he didn't believe that the virus just quote unquote happened at Wuhan has become something that a year ago we were called conspiracy theorists if we stated this. And now it's just kind of accepted as the obvious. There, there aren't too many people that are pretending that this wasn't a, a virus that was tampered with in Wuhan. Um, so I, I, I'd actually be interested to hear Pfizer's response to this, their response specifically to the monkey business, pun totally intended, um, to the monkey business, but I'd ask them, but they blocked me on Twitter a year ago, a year ago. I don't even think I'd ever tagged them, maybe once, and they blocked me on Twitter just for speaking out, speaking the facts, I should say, speaking the reality about their vaccine. But here's the thing. Here's the thing that I find to be the area that we could actually s exploit to solve this problem. And that is when Jordan Walker talks about government officials, he laughs about government officials who approve Pfizer drugs and vaccines while they serve in these, in these regulatory agencies, the FDA, the CDC, the NIH, on these regulatory panels, these quote unquote independent panels that um, the CDC and the FDA and the NIH convene, 
these officials vote in favor of approving these drugs and these vaccines while they're in government. And then after they don't work in government anymore, what do they do? They get jobs at these big pharma companies. And they, these officials go into the government positions knowing that this is their career trajectory. They know they're not gonna work at the CDC and the FDA and the NIH and on these, you know, even, even at the university level, it's a lot of university research lab professors and academics who end up being on these regulatory panels that are convened. Um, and the most recent example of one of those panels is when the CDC added the COVID vax to the recommended child immunization schedule. They, they convened an independent panel of experts to vote on this, to try to separate themselves, the CDC, from this decision that they were going to be uh, adding this vaccine to the childhood schedule. These are not independent people because they know that after they vote yes to approve a Pfizer drug or vaccine, they are then going to be hired by Pfizer. They're going to cash out. There is a name for it in Washington, D.C. You cash out of your government job and you and you get hired in the private sector. This is why it's never a surprise to me when, in especially in presidential administrations, when there's this revolving door of high-ranking officials. Because Working in government oftentimes is hard work and it's not great pay. But as soon as you have established yourself as a high level figure in government, whether it's in one of these agencies, um, especially an agency related to regulatory action against some, something as profitable as big pharma, or even whether it's the chief of staff of Joe Biden, as soon as you've established yourself in these positions, well, you're worth a lot more money in the private sector than you were working, worth in Washington, D.C. and you get to work a lot less. So realistically, human nature, it makes complete sense that people behave like this. But this is, not to wax philosophical here, but this is why we have structured, um, a government structured the way that it is, a limited federal government with enumerated powers. The reason that our founding fathers structured our government like that is because they acknowledge that human nature, mankind, when we are given the opportunity to abuse power for profit, we do both. It's not really a matter of if that happens, it's more of a matter of when that happens and who takes advantage of that once they get into that government position. And so the founding fathers structured our, our government in a way that's supposed to serve as a bulwark against that, that abuse, that exploitation. It's supposed to create as small of a box as possible for that abuse to happen. Because if there was broad powers, sweeping powers, the abuse, the, the vulnerability for abuse, the opportunity to abuse would be all the greater. That's the problem with these administrative, with the administrative state, which is the agencies of the federal government. The administrative state is outside of the Constitution. It's a violation of the separation of powers doctrine. And it was deliberately not included in the Constitution because the legislative authority of the legislature is supposed to be wholly separate from the executive authority of the executive branch. And if those two things somehow join together, then it becomes corrupt, and corrupt instead of, or the opportunity for corruption exists at a greater level than if those two branches, those two of the three branches of government serve as checks and balances on each other. So we do have things that we can do in order to try to solve this problem. The other thing, is when we hear an allegation to this extent, when we hear that government officials approve drugs and vaccines knowing that they will be paid a pretty penny by big pharma once they leave government service, this should beget two things. It should beget a congressional investigation to find people who have done this, to root out the corruption and hold those who committed it accountable, 
and it should spawn legislation that prohibits this so that it's easier to catch in the future. Because there might be a loophole. There might not be a law that says, well, you can't work for big pharma after you serve in a regulatory role in the federal government approving the, the products that big pharma wants to bring to market. That's a conflict of interest that simply cannot, cannot be escaped. Therefore, if you serve on a regulatory board, you are not allowed to work for big pharma in the future. Let's see legislation like that. There are things that our Congress can do. They can investigate and they can legislate. Those are their two roles, oversight and legislation. Those are their two roles. And I, I would like attached to this story, I would like if we attach to this Project Veritas, James O'Keefe, Pfizer, Pfizer expose, if we attached demands for our Congress to investigate, we now have a majority of Republicans in the House of Representatives. Kevin McCarthy promised to exercise his role, uh, promised to exercise the role of the legislature in overseeing and investigating corruption. And if this does not count, then I don't know what will. The other thing that I want to mention here is we will inevitably see as a defense, whether this is from Big Pharma specifically, it probably won't be because they will use their intermediaries, they, were, they will use their spokespeople, they will probably not dignify this with a direct uh, reply, except perhaps to try to push Jordan Walker out. They'll be like, well, this person clearly didn't know what he was talking about. He violated... Um, he violated practices here. This was a discussion around a water cooler that we did not endorse, et cetera, et cetera. Beyond that, big big pharma, Pfizer in this case, is probably not going to, to um, come to their own defense. But what we will hear from their minions is we will hear them claim that actually what we're doing is saving lives by trying to predict the evolution of these variants to try to catch more serious variants we are able to develop vaccines more quickly and in advance that save lives. I guarantee you that that is the defense that Big Pharma will make. There is not a shred of doubt in my mind that that is what we will hear. This will be the prevailing narrative, by the way, of any media organization that touches this. Not a lot will, but any media organization that is forced to cover this, that will be their defense. And let me tell you, it's a phony defense that pharma and the military, and the government, the NIH, and the FDA, and the CDC, and other nations too, foreign nations. This is not just United institutions within the United States. This is a phony defense that is used to disguise bioweapons research, bioweapons development. Because the creation, the R&D, bioweapons R&D is prohibited under US law and international law. And yet, we know that nations all around the world do it anyway. So how do they do it without being caught? How do they do it without regulators being notified? How do they do it without being thrown in jail? They pretend that it's something else. They pretend that they are just playing defense. They pretend that, you know, well, if a hostile foreign nation is trying to create this bioweapon, we at least need to create a defense against it. So they were anticipating what they might do to create a defense. Well, the anticipation that they speak of is actually the same thing. It's just bioweapons research. This is what we're going to hear. Let me look at a couple of you guys' comments. Um, Chad says DOD did us wrong. That's maybe the most underreported part of this entire story is the role that DARPA plays in bioweapons research. And that, of course, is an agency of the Department of Defense. This 
This is great, fabulous work by James O'Keefe, and I'm so delighted that Elon Musk reinstated both Project Veritas and James O'Keefe on Twitter because this is the citizen journalism that Elon Musk said he wanted Twitter to center around. When the corporate media, who by the way, corporate media, cable news, including some, some ostensibly right-wing outlets are completely bought off. They are reliant on Big Pharma for advertising money, which is how they make money. So they will not speak out against Big Pharma for fear of losing their paychecks, for fear of losing their entire channel, which is mostly funded by Big Pharma. And when Big Tech censored the ability of independent journalists to report on this, it caused a lot of Americans not to be able to hear about this at all, unknowingly then taking a vaccine that is not safe, not effective, and has now been proven to be harmful in many cases. So uh, if you haven't already subscribed here, if you would do that, I would appreciate it. This was really fun doing a live on Rumble. First time doing a live on Rumble. Um, felt like freedom, felt like free speech, and it's infuriating to see a video like this. It can feel helpless, but we aren't helpless. We aren't without we aren't without recourse here, and our recourse is to demand from the United States Congress, particularly the Republican majority in the House of Representatives, to exercise their oversight, responsibility, and duty to investigate this and to legislate to make sure the, the agency capture, the regulatory capture of the U.S. federal government when it comes to the approval of drugs and vaccines that profit big pharma, that that is not possible. And of course, as always, hashtag abolish the administrative state. Okay, guys, that's it for me for today. Thanks for logging on here. Thanks for doing this emergency episode with us. Uh, really appreciate it. And I will talk to you soon.